0: You. We worship you and you alone. You are mighty. i each page they have died for this faith here they
1: Lord God for this morning we thank you Lord for your word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us we thank you father that you are the living word that you have changed and transformed our lives that you gave us a hope you took us out of the miry clay for you are Hatikvah the God of hope father we thank you Lord God this day we give you all the glory and the praise and the honor and everybody said Amen. amen and amen and amen It's God's word, isn't it? Amen. So, um, good morning to one and all, and all those who are joining us on our podcast. I'm going to be uh, finishing up fairly quickly this morning, but um, it was a great privilege to hear that report from Graham and Estelle, and uh, we are very, very thankful and grateful for the ministry. And they're, they're the sowers, sowing the word of God into our own community, into the lives of those school students and hotels and motels. And uh, I love that story, and, and I, I used to use it even myself, self, but it was a, a similar one regarding the smoking of the Bible, and uh, that Gideon participating in a Bible blitz in South America, and he approached, uh, he approached one of the prisoners and yelled out to him, and he said, don't give me that Bible, he said, I'll only smoke it. And, uh, and, and Graham brought that story this morning. He said, "But as, and uh, you can see by the paper size, it's just exactly like a tally-ho, isn't it? for those who still roll their own, amen? And, um, and, he's, and he said, but I'll, I'll make a deal with you. He says, as long as you read it before you smoke it, he says, I'll give you the Bible. So he smoked his way through Matthew and smoked his way through Mark and Luke and didn't get all the way through John before he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And God, even that Bible, that story about, isn't it, uh, the Bible's good for a rainy day even, isn't it? you got that Bible stuck up in the roof, plugging up a hole. Amen. So it's proof that the Bible's good for a rainy day. <laughs> hey? Great, isn't it? Yeah. Hey? Better than for a rainy day. So, so we've been talking about the Word of God today, and I've introduced it before as the indestructible, infallible, infinitely inexhaustible, and more up to date than this morning's newspaper Word of God. And that's what it is, isn't it? That is the Word of God. And, uh, and He upholds His Word above His name. And he watches over his word to perform it. So when God gives you a word, and you know it's a witness within yourself that that word is for me. And uh, God upholds his word above your name. And, uh, and people say, oh, I don't go to church because this happened or that happened. you know. But man may be unfaithful, but God is not. Amen? How we handle the word. We may be unfaithful, but God is not unfaithful. And uh, hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, says in Hebrews 10.23. But just quickly go to the book of Romans, and I'll read through a, a little bit of scripture before I close this morning, recapping upon the word of God. And just quickly, and it says, and the word of God, Acts 6 and 7 says, and the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. That's true, isn't it? When the word of God spreads, there isn't always linked to it the number of the disciples. So in Romans chapter 10, very famous scriptures, this is Paul speaking. He said, "What does it say to you? The word is near you, this is the word we're talking about this morning, it is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen? That's the word of faith which we preach. that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What a promise. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so we can see after reading those few few scriptures, we can see how the Christian faith has been called the great confession. Amen. The word doesn't stay here, but we confess the word. God spoke it, that's one edge of the sword, and when we confess his word, that's the double-edged sword, you see? We confess what God spoke, and the word of God spread. and uh, But it goes on to say in verse 11 to 13, and because we leave on off of that, it says, For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Are there any whoever's in the house this morning? Amen. Amen. Whoever. Amen. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. In other words, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Greek or slave or Scythian or free. And there it is in verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So whoever is again, So it doesn't discriminate, does it? You can be a drug addict, an alcoholic. You can be this and you can be that. You can be just a good old regular Aussie guy. Whoever, amen. And so it's non-discriminatory. And... Uh, And so are there any whoever's? Because this is your day, amen? For today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Isaiah, God said that to Isaiah 2,700 years ago. Today is the day of salvation. You don't have to put it off. You don't have to put it off. And uh, the gospel is saying that every day and every moment is a good day to accept Jesus Christ, Amen? If you've never made that decision, for those listening in online, you've never made that decision to accept Jesus Christ, do it today. Don't put it off. Who can guarantee the next breath that each of us would have? Amen? None of us can. None of us can. And so the passage then changes gear in verse 14 very quickly. And it says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? What a great verse. How shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? What about how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? And so we can see the four how-tos. How shall they call on him? How shall they believe? How shall they hear? How shall they preach? So the first three is the world crying out to you and I here today. How can This is the world around us today. How can we call on him? How can we believe in him? And how can we hear? Right now, all creation is groaning. How can we hear this message? People are more hungry out there than you would ever believe. Statisticians tell us by secular statisticians authorities that give advice to government that say this current generation, aged between 18 and about 23, are more than twice likely to hear the gospel than my own generation. Why? Because they have been starved of the gospel. Amen? They've been starved. Our generation has made it difficult for our young people to have access to the... How many people bring their kids to church these days? Sporting fields are full, but yet the houses of God are almost void of children. A generation, my generation, will be accountable for that. Horrendous day will come upon us, but the first three in the world is the world crying out in, to you and I how to hear here today. How can we call on Him? How can we believe and how can we hear? The world is waiting. The Bible talks about in Romans. The world is growing, groaning for the sons of God to be made manifest. Part of that is give me the gospel, brother. Give me the gospel. Give me the gospel. Allow people to make their own decision but give them the gospel. The Lord is a gentleman. His gospel, his good news, is for all to believe, but he never takes one person's ability to make that decision for themselves. Nobody is put to the edge of the knife to believe. No, the Lord is a gentleman. The gospel is good news for those who would receive it. Repent, believe, and receive. In Matthew 9... Uh, to 36, it says, And when he saw the multitudes, this is Jesus, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And so that too is our motivation. Our compassion and love for people is our motivation. Nothing else. Nothing else. That's our own motivation. Faith motivated by love is the most powerful force on the earth. He said to his disciples in 937. And to you and I here today, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is massive. Nine million, billion people on the face of the planet or something like that. But he says, here's the answer. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Luke 10.2, he says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. So there's nothing wrong with the harvest, amen? Nothing at all wrong with the harvest at all. Jesus' solution to the problem ...of the labourers is prayer. He didn't teach on how to preach. He taught on how to pray. Because that's the answer, isn't it? That is the answer to the great... It is a great dilemma. And so when we begin to pray about the harvest... ...we too will be moved with compassion... ...and then the, and we become the answer to that very prayer that we pray. When you're moved with compassion... ...and you begin to pray about the harvest... It won't be long before we are praying like the prophet Isaiah, here am I, send me. You see, when you begin to pray about the harvest, move with compassion. How long can we look at our neighbours? Their house is almost on fire, and yet we have a solution, but don't tell them. Jesus has no problem with his message and his word. He says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord? And like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Is also 55.11, Isaiah 55.11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. That's a promise from God. So there's nothing wrong with the harvest. There's nothing wrong with the gospel message. There is only something wrong with those laborers. Amen. And we are the laborers. The Gideon ministry exists to benefit those who are not members. Isn't that exactly right? The Gideons and Auxiliary Ministry is their sole purpose, to win men and women and boys and girls to the Lord Jesus Christ. Their sole purpose, their sole purpose, is to benefit those who are not members. And so we as a church exist. Sure, we get encouraged, we get built up, and we have the word of God, So, but we also exist to benefit those who are not part of the church. We're here because we are lovers of humanity. Amen? Easy to throw stones and sticks at all the problems. But herein lies the solution. The Word of God, the person of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Ghost is more than sufficient for the task at hand. And so, let me just... uh, I'll I'll wind it up right now. I I, I rewatched an old movie... In the last 24 hours on the Titanic. What a, an exhilarating story. What a moving story, amen? But you know what? Hum, humanity is almost the story of the Titanic. They said she was indestructible. God himself couldn't even sink it, they said. It was built on the pride of man like every tall tower on the earth. The Titanic was the greatest ship the world had ever seen. Massive. Its ingenuity and engineering in it was unsurpassed. Unsurpassed. But in April in 1912, there were about 2,200 people aboard that mighty vessel. None more grander in all the earth than the Titanic. Practically unsinkable. Practically was the operable word there I meant. Even after Titanic hit an iceberg 10 times its size, people carried on regardless, eating their caviar, sipping their champagne, playing their bocce up on deck, whatever they were doing. They kept on going. They said, It doesn't matter if she hit an iceberg. This boat's not sinking, it's unsinkable. They could not comprehend in their mind that the Titanic went down and it went down in about two hours and 45 minutes. Right now, the world is on the Titanic. And we're, but I want to say it's going down. It's going down. The book of Revelations tells us how exactly it is going down. For students of the Bible, we don't have to be in the dark about any of these things. They're not hidden from us. They are revealed to those who read God's word. When you read God's word, everything is plain. Everything is very simple. Apply your mind, apply your logic, apply your intellect and apply your heart. When you apply your heart, God reveals all the truths to him. But on that Titanic, it didn't matter whether you were first class, second class or third class. Amen? The end game was the same. And that is for each and every one of us. Death comes to all of us. It's brought near home to many of us in these last 12 months. I myself have lost a few family members. And we grieve with Lisa at the moment and with Laurie and Val. Amen? And many others, and many others, the Hammer family as well. But that Titanic, you know, 1,500 lives were lost that very, very night. And many others were scarred for the rest of their lives. And their plight is the same as literally billions on the face of the earth today. They continue to play their cards, continue to have their swigs of drink continue thinking even after they know they've taken a blow and they say, nothing can sink this ship. The pride of man is a terrible thing. And for most of us, we seem to come to the cross when we're at the depths of our own selves. Amen? Because pride needs to be broken. And it was the same in my own life. 29 years of age I was before I finally accepted Christ as my Lord and Saviour. Was the best decision I ever made, the best decision. And for those, for those who have never accepted Christ up until this point in time, I, I just urge you, I encourage you. Thank you, Graham and Estelle, for bringing the Word of God and your message of encouragement to us this morning, and for the great work that you've done throughout the Charters Towers region, and you're going to continue on going out west. We support you, we love you, and we will we'll pray for you. And we thank you and we pray that you'll be greatly encouraged by us as well. We appreciate you very, very much in everything that you've done. But if you're listening online and you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to pray a very, very simple prayer. And it doesn't have to be profound, even though, though your eternal destiny can be changed if you pray it from a heart of believing. I just pray if you'd all just stand to your feet just a moment and I'll close the meeting in about one minute's time. Amen. I promise. I promise. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to pray this to yourself, this is not a gimmick. This is nothing. This is just being real between you and God. And if you're fair income with God, which is a great Australian word, a great Charter's Towers word, if you're fair income, if you're fair income, you consider yourself a fair income person, well, then be fair income with God. He likes fair income people too. It's not just an Australian thing. He likes people who are real with Him because He wants to be real with you. He is a loving Father. He is a benevolent Father. He is merciful, long-suffering. And if you've never accepted Christ, His Son, His greatest gift to humanity was His Son. And He died on a cross for you and I, that you would pray a simple prayer like this. Father, I come, to you now. Father, I come to you now. I'm sorry for the way I've lived my life, independent of you. Of my sin, I ask that you forgive me of my sin,
0: which I know are many.
1: Which I know are many. Forgive, me now. forgive me now. Wash and cleanse me as white as snow.
0: Wash and cleanse me white
1: as snow. Fill me with your spirit.
0: Fill me with your spirit.
1: Jesus, you are Lord of my life.
0: Jesus, you are Lord of my
1: life. I thank you, Father, that I am born again.
0: I thank you, Father, that I am born again.
1: In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If that's a sincere prayer from your heart, your life can be transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I pray that you will have done it today.